listening to Downworlder Dish, a Shadowhunter Chronicles podcast. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 69, where we will be discussing chapter 10 in Clockwork Angel, Pale Kings and Princes. My name's Kristen. Wait, I'm Kristen. I'm so offended. That's my name. Just kidding. I was Mark. confused. Yeah. Uh, We'll try that again. I'm Kristen. <laughs> I'm Robin. And I'm Amanda. And Robin still wasn't fucking ready. <laughs> <laughs> she was laughing too hard. <laughs> She's like, oh shit, that's me. <laughs> My turn. Hi. <sighs> uh, how are you guys doing? Amanda, how are you feeling? Better. Better. Officially 14 weeks the other day, yesterday, I think. So finally, and I'm finally getting my iron pills are starting to kick in and stuff. So my anemia is starting to get under control and I'm just getting better. I'm still not feeling great. I'm finding that I'm um, having some issues with more foods and stuff than I did last time. Like dairy mm-hmm. is kind of hard. But um, anyway, that's a little TMI, but <laughs> whatever. No, I just... <laughs> You know, it just makes me a little more nauseous than normal. And so I have to kind of watch what I'm doing. But otherwise, I'm starting to feel great. Second trimester is the fun part. So yeah, exactly. I- it's the sweet spot. It's the part yeah. about it's the part of being pregnant. Everyone remembers. Yes. <laughs> this is the part that makes you want to have more kids. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> the the giant cankles haven't kicked in. The night sweats, yeah. you know. <laughs> Yeah, I am starting to get uncomfortable, though. We're, we found my pregnancy pillow last night, and I'm like, yes. <laughs> Finally. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. <sighs> yeah. I'm so happy for you. I was shopping Thank for uh, al- baby alpaca yarn today because I wanted to make a blanket. <laughs> I'm like, oh, I can amazing. make a baby blanket. <laughs> I got all excited. I have about three half-finished baby blankets I did when I was pregnant with Lincoln. <laughs> Dude, I started knitting when I was pregnant with Bryn, and that's when I first learned. Did not make it through anything for her at all. I was like, I don't got time for that shit. I'm tired. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Oh, what about you, Robin? What's been going on? Um, Nothing. <laughs> I uh, I got my COVID vaccine yesterday. Woo! And you haven't grown a tail what? yet. Dose one. What? I said you haven't grown a tail yet. <laughs> no, I um. <laughs> Yay! We're in the club mom. together. I didn't grow Yay. one either. <laughs> my mom got to see the first hand, like the crazy extent of my anxiety as we were waiting in line for an hour. Uh huh. I was like pulling my hair out and like rubbing my nails against my seat and stuff. And she's like, what's wrong? And I was like, I'm going to die. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm sorry. I shouldn't that. be laughing, but I just know you. I was like, I was like I'm going to be one of those people that has the like asphyxiation thing. And I know they have trained paramedics here and well, because- they have a system in place. <laughs> for some reason, the medicine's not going to work on me. <laughs> And she's like, you don't have any allergies. <laughs> right. Well, that's that's what you you text us and you said, I'm afraid I'm going to go into anaphylactic shock. And I'm like, you're not allergic to anything. And you're like, no. <laughs> pollen? <laughs> like, I don't think they put pollen like, in it. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
don't. You're a bee. Yeah. <laughs> I just want to give you a gift. <laughs> well, and like my arm hurt really bad when I woke up this morning. Yeah. And it kind of took me by surprise because I forgot about it. Yeah. Because when was the last time you got a almost. fucking immunization, right? Like, right. you forget. Well, when I was four years ago when I was pregnant with William, I got my tetanus shot or Tdap or whatever. Yeah. But it's almost gone now. And the funny thing is, I have headaches often. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I was really worried about it. Today's the first day in like a week I haven't had a headache. <laughs> <laughs> Opposite effect for you. Right? Yep. You're like, oh my God. The vaccine <laughs> cures migraines. <laughs> Hot take. Yes. It's like, oh, never mind. Fight me. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Other than that, um, we're going camping tomorrow. Nice. For like a day because nothing's open. What are you talking <sighs> about? Oregon. Yep. Yeah. Yep. And you, my dear? Oh, um, just been working. I'm covering the desk uh, while my boss lady is on vacation. So it's been interesting. Did it's been interesting. Did you get to go anywhere yeah. cool? Hmm? She's going to Palm Springs. Um, oh yes, Good it's her it's her birthday, so she's going on like a girls' weekend trip. Dude, that sounds amazing, right? Right, let's like, do it. Th- th- that's what happens when you have kids that are out of the house and you know yeah. can have a life again. <laughs> yep, that's fair. I'm almost there. <laughs> what are you talking about? You were just talking about four years ago. You were pregnant. <laughs> yeah, but like. Once they're like 16, they don't care about you. Mm-hmm. Girl, once they're 13, they don't care about you. <laughs> yep. Once they're 10, they don't care about you. <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah. Um, if you don't have any updates, I um, obviously just wanted to take a moment to thank everybody for letting us do a bye week. Oh, yeah. And sticking with us. I mean, that's that's awesome. We all just kind of... Kristen spent the whole day slaving away, like two days, and making this amazing spread that I am so jealous I couldn't put in my mouth. Oh, yeah. I forgot <laughs> about too. Mother's Day. Fuck. <laughs> yeah. It's all been a blur. Yeah. So, um, and we just, I had a bunch of appointments with my son for his, um, we're trying to work on IEP stuff and occupational therapy and a bunch of things going on. So we just were... It was a really, really, really busy week. So thanks for uh, sticking out with us. Yeah, and Amanda's Preach. growing a human. Yeah, like yeah, I was tired. We all have our Kristen, struggles. Kristen threw it out there. She's like, "How would you guys feel?" I was like, "I'm super into that." Yeah, right? <laughs> I was like, I was like, I can't. I was at Goodwill, like hoarding their crystal. Like it was, I was like a troll. It was <laughs> intense. It was an intense. Out of the th- out of the forty eight hours. Like, before and during Mother's Day. So, like, the day before and Mother's Day. During those 48 hours, I think I was cooking 36 hours out of the time. It was insanity. Like, I was, I was like a dungeon troll. It was bad. (laughs) Next next year, just get one of those, like, six-foot subs. <laughs> invite everybody over again for brunch. Yeah. They're expecting like the same or better, and then you're just like, I made some PB and J. Yeah, yeah. Oh there's mayonnaise God. in the fridge if you're interested. Oh. <laughs> no thanks. Oh, I know. And the whole time, 
mind you, I had dialed it back several times to get to that point. And that was insane. And like, literally, <laughs> I've talked to a couple of people about this and everybody's like, the, the conclusion all around is you are fucking insane. Why would you yeah. do that? <laughs> like, right? The whole time I was like, I know I'm doing this for me. Like, I know because I just want to throw a, like, a party, right? Like, I just need Mm -hmm. to throw a party for six people, two of whom I live with. (laughs) (laughs) Or, and one of them including me. So, for three other people. Yeah. (laughs) Well, and then at the end, you could be like, are you not entertained? Right? Exactly. I was like, you forgot to say thank you. Well, and I'm so fucking pissed off. Because now this is not why I do it. And this is why I forgot to do this thing is because it's not why I do it. Forgot to fucking take pictures of like everything, like Instagram pictures. I'm like, motherfucker, this was Instagram like worthy. Definitely like, was. Like yeah. I, I busted my ass. I made fucking polymers and fucking pavlova and all kinds of shit. And I was like, and it was all pretty. And I spent the money on all the like good ingredients and everything. I'm like, motherfucker, I forgot to take pictures before you grubby ass moochers came and ate all of it. (laughs) (laughs) Well, we have a review. Oh, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Sorry, I blacked out there for a minute remembering. No, it's okay. (laughs) Memories of the food I used to eat. I do that a lot. Okay, let me find this. Where was I? Nope, that's you guys again. There we are. Okay. So this one is titled, This is My New Favorite Podcast. And I just want to ask how people get so creative with their usernames because mine is literally Mrs. Lane 1017 because my name is Mrs. Lane and I got married on October 17th. (laughs) Not very creative. Mine mine is my name. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> Even more basic. Yep. So no numbers. This one, yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's great. This one is um egg EGB horse gymnastics, which is super cute. And they say as a teenager who has no one who understands my obsessions with these books, it's an amazing place for me to be able to listen to someone who gets me. I love this show so much and it's made school and everything else in the world bearable. The humor and deep discussions are just simply relatable, and I'm finding myself spending every second I can listening to this. Happy face. Aw, thank, thank you. Thank you so much, Horse Gymnastics. I love that you read happy face out, too. That was beautiful. Thank you. It was you. a happy face. Can, I know. Can I make a confession? Please. Yes. When, when Robin sent that to the group text, I cried. Yeah. I was like, I don't know why I was like super emotional, but I was like, "Ah." (laughs) like it got to me. I don't know why. (laughs) We were talking, Robin and I were together when she read it and um, we were in the office that day and she was basically complaining to one of our coworkers that he doesn't listen to our podcast because he's like a 40 year old man. (laughs) And she was like, listen to what this person has to say. Are you still a podcast? You're still doing that? I'm like, Yeah. We didn't give up, right? We 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 took our very first week off. We took our very first week off. We had never taken a week off yeah. before in over a year. Yeah, it through a pandemic. Like, Go us, guys. Right? A pandemic. <laughs> yes. Yeah, I had to like so try to make it super review. dramatic. 
Yeah. <laughs> Sorry I cut you off, Amanda. Sorry. Okay. I don't remember you doing it. It's fine. I'm cut cutting all of you off. off. <laughs> We've got this lag. And so I start talking and I'm like, oh, fuck, she's talking shit. We should use the raise hand function. <laughs> like you're on a Zoom class. Yeah. Oh, God. Awesome. Okay, put it in the chat. Right. Put Everybody it in the mute. Mike mute. <laughs> oh my gosh. Jeez. Oh, All right. Well, what do you guys say? We cut the chit chat and kick things off with Robin's recap. Previously on Downworlder Dish. Jim, Will, and Tessa are all hanging out while she's trying to get into character as Camille. It's not going very well because, as we all know, Will is a giant asshat. Mm -hmm. He's basically spending the entire time mocking Tessa, calling her a duck, but like an actual duck. Not like when you type fuck and Apple autocorrects for you because Siri hasn't discovered that you're toxic AF. <laughs> right? The enclave arrives from... Sorry, sorry. Right? Like, she can learn okay. weird like other words to add to your like vocabulary that they didn't have before, but they can't learn fuck. It, I use it on purpose. It's every other word. It's <laughs> never duck and it's never fuck. <laughs> no. Mine will automatically switch to Spanish when I text in Spanish, like my keyboard mm -hmm. will. But the, yeah, it's still duck. I'm so ducking mad. <laughs> quack, quack, motherfucker. That's right. <laughs> Okay. The Enclave arrives for a meeting and the kids try to like Scooby-Doo and hide, but Charlotte soon sniffs them out and sends them on their way. We meet some of the Enclave members, the most noteworthy being Gabriel Lightwood, who is the 19th century Regina George. <laughs> Will leads them upstairs in a storage closet where they uber eavesdrop on the meeting by drawing a rune into the floor a la City of Bones. Charlotte presents the plan and after much deliberation, they decide to give the, the Enclave stamp of approval. Hell yes. He's dragging his bowl across the floor because he wants me to give him more food. Aww. That motherfucker Sushi is bit fat. Sushi bit my leg today. What? Sushi bit Sushi you? Sushi bit my leg today because she wanted to go in the garage. <laughs> Let me out. And she like bit my leg and I looked at her and she like, like looked at the garage door. She's like, hmm. She's like, I said what I said, bitch. Don't make me tell you twice. <laughs> yep. No. <laughs> Dude, that's the one thing, like, as a cat owner, like, you just have to accept the fact that you'd, you're not in charge. They'll tell you what to do and when to do it. You have no it's control. It's like having a toddler. Yeah. They'll murder you yep. in your sleep. Yeah. <laughs> There's this thing on, my kid keeps watching these um, TikTok videos, I guess, mm -hmm. about, um, like... How do you know if your cat likes you? Ten interesting things about cat. Ten whatever about cat. <laughs> okay. And she's like, do you see how Sushi blinked slowly? That means she's saying she loves me. Dude, Bryn does that yes, shit. I'm like, you cannot totally. believe everything you see on the internet. Like, <laughs> you shouldn't even believe, like, a third of what you see on the internet. <laughs> right? <Yeah>. <laughs> Except <laughs> our podcast. <laughs> right. Yeah. That's all truth. 100% right. of this. Facts. Facts. Facts on facts on facts. Uh. <laughs> My sound effects? <laughs> Fuck. That was good. Okay. All right, folks. It's chapter 10, and shit is finally starting to pop off. Will yes. and Tessa in her Camille skin suit. 
are off to catch De Quincey in the act of magistering. Like, I, I don't, like, <laughs> they're trying to, like, catch him committing a crime. So, entrapment. I mean, Old is he building entrapment. these bodies, these automatons, at a party? What I don't, I don't get it. Like, what are they expecting? So, just, at this point, I think they're just trying to get to see him breaking a law. So, like, killing someone or harming a human well, or something. Well, it's a murder party. So, they're okay, waiting yeah. until he murders. <clears throat> Yeah. And then they can be like, what, Amanda? Investigation discovery. Ha, gotcha, bitch. Oh. Well, both. <laughs> <laughs> They'll get him, bitch, and then they will investigate. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so Tessa's studiously ignoring Will's attempts at small talk. To be fair, the London weather doesn't exactly make for invig- for riveting conversation. Um, Will's... <laughs> right. <laughs> it's like, what are you supposed to say? It's raining again. Like... You see that? Weatherman says gray gray skies for the next seven days. Yeah. That's literally that's literally <laughs> it. <laughs> I'm pretty sure we're like the same climate as London. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so Will's like, oh, Tessa, are you even listening? I'm trying to save your life. And I imagine Will's dramatics uh, elicited a rather aggressive eye roll from Tessa before she lamented, allowing Will to go over the plan yet again. Camille's still elusive inner thoughts are more than a little concerning, especially when Will reminds Tessa that vampires uh, might not behave how she'd expect. Quote, They are as cultured as they are cruel, sharpened knives to humanity's dull blade. You will have to try to keep up. And for God's sake, if you can't, don't say anything at all. They have a torturous and opaque sense of etiquette. A serious social gaffe could mean instant death. <laughs> Just like, um, remind me never to accept a dinner invitation from a vampire? Like, what the yeah. fuck? I mean, I use the yeah. wrong fucking fork and they're going to, like, shank me? <laughs> yes. Yeah. Damn. <laughs> Tess is like, are you shitting me right now? You're kind of starting to freak me out, man. It's like I'm going into the den of... It's like I'm going into a den of killers or something. Do you think it's dangerous? (laughs) 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 Fucking Tessa, these are questions you should have asked. Like, what the fuck? (laughs) Will throws Tessa off by calling her Tess, which at a time where just using someone's like first name could be considered scandalous, I'm assuming this is kind of a big deal. Like he gave her a pet name. I I mean, I have to say I got a little chills for Tessa, the way she reacted. I was like, <laughs> oh, this is sweet. You're like, oh damn. Yep. Mr. Herondale. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> I do declare that's the wrong right. <laughs> it works, it's fine. <laughs> I mean, I mean, technically, it's only like 18 years later, so it could be a, like an old school Crazy. throwback, like the 90s. Yeah. <laughs> it's the equivalent of a Gen Zer saying, that's hot. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to go with, what's up? <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Who let the dogs out? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, we're old. Oh, man. This is it, folks. Downworld or Dish (laughs) podcast. Come for the shadow hunters. Stay for the jokes and the references. (laughs) (laughs) 
come to hunt shadows. Yeah. Stay for the giggles. (laughs) Where the fuck am I? I'm leaving this all in. I don't care. They need to see how how messy we are. (laughs) It makes us relatable. I can't follow because I was cleaning my glasses. So here we are. (laughs) This is life. So Tessa's still reeling over Will's new pet name when uh, he states the obvious. She doesn't have to go through with the mission if she doesn't want to. But of course, Tessa's a badass motherfucker and she's not willing to miss out on an opportunity to save her brother. So she's like, I'm going to put on my big girl panties and get this done. So Tessa's bravery must stir something in Will because he starts to let his nerd flag fly, quoting the three musketeers, which definitely gets Tessa's engine going. (laughs) And the two get super weird in the back of a carriage, quoting literature back and forth. Odd. They're getting nerdy with it. Yeah. (laughs) For real. (laughs) I'm trying so hard not to make the noise. And not noise. I meant like the song. Whatever. Shut the fuck up, Kristen. So Will quotes. You mean you were doing Will Smith too? (laughs) Like, like, yeah. But I I can't like keep. I have no musical bone in my body. So it's just bad. (laughs) And off tune and not the right one. Listen, all we've been asked to do is keep away the um, accents, not the songs, okay? (laughs) Not the the singing. (laughs) They might ask for the accents. You can keep embarrassing yourself. That's what entertainment is, though, right? Finding new ways to embarrass yourself. Yeah. <laughs> na, 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 na. Exactly. That's what I was thinking in my head. <laughs> Thanks for the assist. <laughs> okay. So Will quotes some dude named Sidney Carton from A Tale of Two Cities. And by the way, I've never read it, but it gets referenced so damn much in this series that I had to go read the Cliff Notes version because I was like, okay, what the fuck are they talking about because they usually just skip over because i'm like i don't know what the fuck you're talking about <laughs> like meh, meh, meh. Ooh, i'm in- so interested so basically and spoiler alerts for this 200 year old book but <laughs> <laughs> it's like robin was telling me some shit the other day about a documentary she's like spoiler but i guess not because it's history <laughs> <laughs> So same here. Exactly. <laughs> I was watching. I'm watching this um, thing on uh, pirates on Netflix. <gasps> Dude, I watched tell that her facts too. about Blackbeard. Yes. <laughs> she, I was like, "You're not gonna watch it, are you?" And she's like, <laughs> like "No." <laughs> and I'm over here like, "Oh yeah, I, I watched it when it first came out." <laughs> yeah. There's no murder. It's not for me. I mean, it sounds like there might have been some murders, but <laughs> yeah, it, it, it's it's more yeah. More, more political, less, less murder heavy. Yeah. I need the <laughs> right. investigation. It's not the Son of Sam documentary that just came out. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So basically this dude, Sydney, is a real dick bag whose only redeeming quality is that he's in love with some chick named Lucy. All right. But Lucy's engaged to another dude named Charles. And Charles gets arrested or some shit and is going to be executed, right? So knowing Charles getting his head chopped off would fuck Lucy up, Sidney decides decides the best course of action is to do the only honorable thing he's ever done his, in his life because, again, he's a dickbag. And so he decides he's going to pull a parent trap with Lucy's incarcerated love and, in turn, let himself be executed in Charles' place because they, like, look alike. Damn. 
So like, <laughs> this is this guy that Will's like, yeah, that's me. What? <laughs> the fuck? <laughs> Doesn't sound like you at all. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I think you need a mirror or some shit. Like what? No. Right. When have you ever done the right thing? <laughs> I was thinking the opposite, but sure. <laughs> I mean, it also applies. <laughs> I just think, like, <laughs> he's never, like, stood in place for someone else, like, no. taking the brunt of anything. <laughs> no. I was I was like, well, he, he, you know, he does good, but he's, and you're like, but then I'm thinking, like, no, but he does everything the wrong way. <laughs> it's like he's trying to be the best dickhole ever. Uh-huh. <laughs> the most handsome one, but it's cool. Right. He's like, if I'm going to be a dick. I'm the whole. I'm the best at being the worst. Exactly. Because yeah. <laughs> he's a hunter of shadows. <laughs> All right. So I'm sure that there's like a lot of nuance that I'm missing. Obviously, I just like <laughs> condensed that into a paragraph. <laughs> and I'm sure it's good. I'm just not going to read it. Okay. Right. So I'm sorry. <laughs> yep. But that's basically like the gist of the story, right? So back to our story, Will quotes Sydney Carton and Tessa's like, oh, you think you're a Sydney? You're definitely a Samantha. <laughs> so, <laughs> Fuck you both. Fuck you both. How did you not laugh at that? Do you mean sex in the city? Yes. <laughs> I haven't seen that. So I don't know. Oh my God. Get oh out of here. Oh my God. You've never even seen the movies? Are you even basic? <laughs> right? Do you even drink pumpkin spice? <laughs> Not no, lattes, she drinks no. the mochas. Yeah. I know you have Uggs. <laughs> I do. They're my faves. Oh, and skinny jeans. <laughs> That's me. Dude, I agree with that meme. You can go ahead and have your like flares all you want and get water up to your knees you you live that life right 100%. I did that in the 90s I don't need to do that again <laughs> I remember walking to school and by the time you get there you're just like soaked it's up to the back long. of your knees yeah yep you live that life I'm, I'm fine and then yep. the, like like when you pick out jeans in the morning for school you have to look at the bottoms and see which ones are like the the least the destroyed <laughs> and like there's yeah. this weird u-shape like just worn out of the bottom as like in the shape of your shoe especially for us because we're so short all yeah. three of us <laughs> yep <sighs> or when you don't check the weather and see that it's raining because of course it's raining because it's the pacific northwest and you wear your pepto-bismol pink corduroy wide leg parachute pants to school why why is that a thing you get them dirty on the bottom and you can never get it back to that pale pink ever again (laughs) thank goodness i loved those pants i loved (laughs) those pants oh my gosh that's great I'm Mine not were blue, but they weren't corduroy. No. And then I, I remember I had the baby blue ones with like the reflective. It was like bicycle reflectors. On yeah. I know of those. <laughs> Robin had really, really cool uh, blue tartan ones. Okay. Those were really cool. I liked those. Yep. 
You guys had a totally different fashion than me. Yeah. But I still get I think it. It's a great way to stay in shape. Yep. What? Yep. What'd you say? It's a great way to stay in shape. What is? Family Guy. <laughs> it's from what? Family Guy. Oh, God. It's from Family Guy. Okay, that's one I don't get. So. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Okay, so back to our story. So Will co- quotes Sydney Carton, and Tessa's like, Oh, you think you're a Sydney? You're definitely a Samantha. So they go on, blah, 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 nerd talk, and Tessa throws out another Sydney quote. And she says, Quote, and yet I have had the weakness and still have the weakness to wish you to know with what a sudden mastery you kindled me, heap of ashes that I am, into fire. I'm like, whoo, things are starting to heat up. What was that all about? That? Oh, I don't know. I, I memorized Napoleon Dynamite, but that shit's funny. <laughs> this is <laughs> wordy. I, but I was actually kind of, because, um. I'm going to have to admit the last couple of times. <laughs> what? What? That bitch. She's dying. <laughs> oh. Every time I always tell it's like, put it back. <laughs> we can't afford the 24 back. Oh, that's the best, <sighs> best movie. <laughs> oh, my God. So I will admit the last the first couple of times that I read this book, um, I just skipped over all the Taylor two city stuff. Cause like, I didn't understand it. And I was like, yeah, whatever. Mm-hmm. But then I ha- actually had to read it. And this quote, I was like a heap of ashes that I am into fire or whatever. That last part. I'm like, I've heard that places before <laughs> in like <laughs> movies and things. I was like, Oh, it's from a book. Huh. Imagine Funny. that. <laughs> I is author. <laughs> So Will's response is to say, yes, he loved her enough to know she was better off without him while holding Tessa's hands. And I'm sorry, but he is like low key telling Tessa that he loves her, but he's too much of an asshole to be with her. Like, am I getting that right? I feel like it. Yeah. They haven't even known each other for that long. Right. I'm like, it's been four days. What is with these Herondales? I don't fucking know. (laughs) Yep. It's like they are love at first sight and they just cannot help it <laughs> because this is what, right? Like it feels like he's saying that to her, right? I'm not just uh-huh. crazy. Okay. I think that too. Yeah. yeah. All right. Will and Tessa share a charged will they, won't they moment. But before we can get anything juicy, it's showtime. I've come to the conclusion that Camille is just around for the drama because that bitch waits until Tessa's Tessa like gets into De Quincey's house before allowing Tessa to reach her mind. It's like a total dick move. Super so, cool though. Right. I mean like it's cool that she came in clutch, but like she caused the drama that caused the stress. Right. <laughs> yeah. I just mean it's super yeah. cool that they can kind of like turn it off and on like that. That is cool. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I imagine it's because Camille's probably, like, super old and, like... Oh, yeah. She's got, like, mystical extra vampy powers. I don't fucking know. But, yeah. like, I, I'm, a Jedi she master. seems like she's got secrets. Like, she's a woman mm-hmm. with secrets. She knows things. <laughs> she's been she's been places. Yeah. <laughs> she's seen shit. <laughs> so, letting Camille's personality take over, Tessa initiates... Uh, haughty bitch mode and starts ordering Will around like a real subject. And if I'm being honest here, I think Will kind of likes it. I think he's into it. (laughs) I think he's like, ooh, yes, mama. (laughs) Uh, 
Look, it, this has to be a horny episode. It's episode 69. I'm sorry. <laughs> Good point. So most of the scene where Will and Tessa enter De Quincey's house is like some form of exposition. So I'm just going to kind of summarize. Um, <clears throat> Tessa has her own version of the like the silent brothers mind reading speaking powers. Like she can converse with Camille's consciousness inside her head. Um, but like only as Camille. Um, and I think the reason why we didn't see a lot of that before is because she was turning into dead people before. Right. Agreed. And so maybe like I don't their brains turned off I don't fucking know mm-hmm. that makes I'm, sense I'm just I'm throwing darts and seeing if they're gonna stick yeah that's all <laughs> no. that's all this is we're just trying so the Durman shows them to where the rest of the guests have congregated and as Tessa looks around Camille's thoughts come to her giving her uh the names to the faces as she sees them which is super cool and I need that in every party situation because I am a fucking nervous wreck in crowds and I'm like I don't know who anybody is (laughs) it's so bad even if I've met them I'm like I totally blank on their names and then I'm sweating and it's just not it's not cute (laughs) yeah (laughs) I'm just elbowing my husband go introduce yourself so I know what their name is yep You could um, go to the Las Vegas furniture market and go in with a group of co-workers that are men. Mm-hmm. And then you don't have to worry about it That's because true. everybody ignores you because you're the only female. Right. Mm-hmm. Oh, so you could do that. there's that. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah my, my solution is just to shove my Midwestern husband at everybody. And they're like, he's friendly. Talk to him. Yeah. <laughs> and then run away and hide. <laughs> you're like, sick him. Yeah. Shit. <laughs> Amanda's camera fell. <laughs> my husband just walked outside, so it made my phone vibrate and it fell down because the camera went off. Oh my gosh. <sighs> All right. So, servers weave in and out of the crowd carrying empty glasses and sharp pointed inter- instruments. Nice titties, baby. Um, so I'm going to read a quote from the book because I can't summarize this. It just, I can't. So what? <laughs> what? Why are you, you laughing? <laughs> what? Why am I laughing? What? What? Did he do something? Did you <laughs> just tell him nice titties, baby? And it's just like no big deal. <laughs> like, we're just going to move past that. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, good for you. <laughs> I'm going to put a gold star on both your nipples. I didn't even think he about it. He walked, off camera, he walked out here with his shirt up and he was rubbing his nipples. off I was like I was like oh god I said that like 
I didn't even think about it. <laughs> so great. Dude, I'm leaving that in. <laughs> That's funny. Okay. Okay. So the surfers weave in and out of the crowd carrying empty glasses and sharp pointed instruments. Okay. Quote. As Tessa stared in confusion, one of the subjugates was stopped by a, the woman with the white powdered wig. She snapped her fingers imperiously, and the darkling, a pale boy in a gray jacket and trousers, turned his head to the side obediently. After plucking a thin awl from the tray with her skinny fingers, the vampire drew the sharp tip across the skin of the boy's throat, just below his jaw. The glasses rattled on the tray as his hand shook. But he didn't drop the tray, not even when the woman lifted a glass and pressed it against his throat so that the blood ran down into the thin stream in a thin so that the blood ran down in a thin stream. No, these people are so fancy, like you don't even have to bite them. Right. (laughs) (laughs) They're like, I'm not going to give you the relief of having my venom enter your system. Yeah. And like chill you out. No, no, no. I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to go old school and just slice you open and drain you. <laughs> I didn't even think of that cuz it did say something about him like looking gray or nervous or something. Yeah, mm-hmm. that makes sense. It's fucked up. Fucked up, man. <laughs> but like, yeah. I'm I definitely don't want to be a vampire. I'll stick with a warlock. Yes. Thanks. Yeah. Yep. No. Yep. I don't have the stomach for that shit. All right, so still reeling from the impromptu bloodletting, Tessa is too busy to tell Will to behave him. Or fuck, Tessa is too busy telling Will to behave himself to notice De Quincey until he's right in front of them. And as soon as Camille's consciousness recognizes recognizes De Quincey, a flood of memories wash over Tessa. She sees Camille and De Quincey's entire relationship in a blink of an eye. Her their friendship, him getting super pissed about her werewolf boyfriend, at which point he punched a marble table and cracked it and it feels very twilighty to me. Uh-huh. You know what I'm saying? Definitely. Like, yep. Yeah. And finally, De Quincey coming and trying to comfort Camille after he killed her boyfriend. How sweet. Aww. What? <laughs> And Tessa has this thought, and this is hers, not Camille's. <clears throat> Obviously, when I read it, you'll know. <laughs> right. Fuck. I am so tired. They have known each other a long time, Alexi De Quincey and Camille Belcourt. They were once friends, and he still thinks they are. Oh, and he thinks they are. Fuck. And he thinks they are friends still. Dude, sometimes this language, like, really trips me up. Uh Because I'm like, that is not how you say that. (laughs) (laughs) Like, this is very complicated. There are so many squiggles in my Microsoft Word document. (laughs) This could be simplified in some way. (laughs) Right. But I really only, I really only quoted it because I really like DeQuincy's name, Alexi. I just think it's Uh a fun name. I do, too. But. (sighs) So um, De Quincey (laughs) comes up and he's curious about, which is exactly what I thought. He wants to know if um, Camille has a new car, basically a new Mm -hmm. carriage, which is exactly (laughs) what I thought when they when they pulled up. I was like, isn't somebody going to notice that? I don't know. Anyway, and she's just like, boo, you know how bougie I am. I didn't want to take an Uber. (laughs) I wanted something roomier. (laughs) She, and, she needed the leg room of a minivan. Yeah. 
exactly. For her dress. <laughs> see, and I wasn't thinking about the carriage that they would recognize. I thought they would see Thomas and be like, mm. who's the new driver, bro? Isn't he like the guy right. that's the shadow hunters? Anyway, that didn't happen. But still, that's what I thought. So De Quincey turns his attention to Will, of course. And he's like ooing and awing over him. And eventually like runs his finger down. Let's see, down his jaw to his collarbone. Ew, no, don't touch. I just did it to myself as I said it. Don't touch somebody like that. That's gross. (laughs) (laughs) I was imagining it started like at the eyebrow, but. Ew, hold on. (laughs) Did I ever tell you about that guy who licked me in Vegas? (laughs) I'm just going to leave it there. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) Just kidding. I was at this nightclub in, in Vegas years ago and this drunk guy like comes over and starts talking to me and I'm like, like whatever, you know, not interested. Mm-hmm. No, thanks. <laughs> and he like <clears throat> bends down, he squints and he points and he's like trying to read my tattoo and you know, he's like uncomfortably close. And so I just tell him what it says. And then he's like, Oh, he's like, huh and he licks my chest like my (laughs) my whole tattoo and he's like it tastes italian and then he just walked away (laughs) oh my gosh it was a really weird experience (laughs) yeah sounds like that that just reminded me of it because you were like touch the way you were touching like your neck Mm -mm, no yeah anyway fun story um Cool the story, part, bro. The end of mine was sticking out because mm-hmm. I have the same area that Kristen does above, below your collarbone, whatever. And a customer came up and just reached up and grabbed my shirt and pulled it Ugh, open. I they, hate that. And it, it was an old lady, so I didn't. But I was just, and I didn't even. It's one of those things where like I see it every day, so I don't remember having it. Mm-hmm. And she was like, "What does? What is that?" And I was like, well, "I don't know. What's on me? <laughs> is it a spider?" <laughs> Oh, my God. Anyway, that is all. That's great. <laughs> so the gist of this is don't touch people like that. It's weird. Yeah. No matter yeah. how much fun Kristen had in Vegas, it's still weird. I'm no, it wasn't fun. It wasn't fun. <laughs> so um, it was sticky. De Quincey. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah. Sounds it's I just can smell the tequila already. Gross. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so then De Quincey asks Camille if um, he could have a taste of Will. And Tessa basically like rips at De Quincey's wrist and pulls his hand away from, from Will. And she tells him she like gets her composure back together basically as Camille. And she tells him that she just wants this one to herself for a little while longer. And she reminds De Quincey how he his appetite can kind of run away from him at time at times. And he's just like okay yeah cool beans we're friends so like I'll let this one go whatever he's all yours it's just strange it just seems to me like if you have your subjugate that's yours why are you passing them around that's my boo exactly that's my bitch Mm -hmm. is actually how they treat them but still (laughs) so that's like you can't double dip in my ranch right yep Yep, for sure (laughs) So De Quincey moves on to ask Camille if she's thought about joining the Pandemonium Club anymore because he had apparently he'd offered offered it to her before. 
And he's like, I know, I know the Mondays are boring, but everything else is like wicked cool. <laughs> we have some very exciting discoveries recently. And he, to quote it, he says, uh, power beyond your wildest dreams, Camille. And um, Camille's inner voice is like, yeah, I'm going to sit this one out. Tessa, you're on. <laughs> Take the wheel. <laughs> she just is completely silent, silent. So it leaves Tessa to have to respond on her own. And she is so quick. And I'm so proud of her in this moment because she says, my dreams may be more wild already that you can imagine. I think it says than you can imagine. Either way, she says, like, <laughs> basically, bitch, my dreams are good. <laughs> if you vote and for me. All your wildest dreams will come true. Exactly. Vote for Pedro. <laughs> so, <laughs> Will is just as surprised by Tessa saying this as I am. And she can tell because he has a noticeable, like, physical reaction. And um, he's just kind of like, whoa. And then he gets himself back together because, of course, he doesn't want anyone to see him. But, yeah, that was pretty That was pretty quick of her. So, anyway, well, Duplincy's like. <sighs> sorry. Just to interrupt, yeah, go for because it. the way the way that I read that was like she was being like very forward. Uh huh. Like I read this as like sexy. Like my dreams may be more wild than you imagine. Like uh-huh. I'm gonna tie you up. <laughs> you know. <laughs> yep. Yep. <laughs> and Will's like, damn, girl. <laughs> yeah, she's a sexy vampire. Of course, like her from- dreams are wild. Like from Friday when they're sitting on the porch and they're like, damn. Damn. (laughs) Their whole bodies go to the side. Exactly. (laughs) God, that's a good movie. Oh, it is. It's one of my favorites. Yeah. (laughs) So anyway, DeQuincy's basically just like, all right, well, consider it. I got to go. There's other people here. Bye. And so Tessa and Will quietly like freak out between each other. Um. About De Quincey sucking Will's blood. Ah, ah, ah. <laughs> and Will is like, he sounds totally, it reminds me of like a preppy frat boy. He's like, I would have killed him first, brah. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> he would have never taken my blood. <laughs> brah? Like, like he's in a Fast and yep. a Furious movie? <laughs> yep. He said those exact words. That was a quote. But I'm just <laughs> so finally, Tessa gets a glimpse of a tall, shiny dude with diamonds on the head of a walking stick. <laughs> and we all know this can only be one person. Our one and only Magnus Bain. Welcome to the chat. Hell yes. Super excited. Hello. Shit's about to get and, exciting. Um, yeah, he is definitely <laughs> the bougie one, as we know. So anyway, um, Magnus takes Tessa's hand, Camille's hand, of course, for show. And this bitch can see everything but between Camille and Magnus. <laughs> And it's a little um, intense. Uh, yeah, thank you. <laughs> and she reacts, of course, without meaning to. And she like snaps her hand back. And I think she even gasped or squeaked or something like that. And Magnus is like, OK, OK, I see you. I see you. <laughs> and <laughs> Can I have your number? And we'll- yeah, yeah. <laughs> I know you know what's up. <laughs> Your back of your head is beautiful. Yeah. <laughs> it's amazing. Amazing. Um, so he ushers Will, her, she and Will, to a private room um, that he has a key to. And on the way, um, most of these jealous bitches are giving them, like, the super stank eye. And one of this woman's fish face was so impactful 
that Camille's inner voice like tells Tessa that this chick is just jealous of the relationship she has with De Quincey, like that he treats her so well, I guess. And <laughs> oh, I thought they were all giving her dirty looks because she was with Magnus and Will, and they're like, she gets both. Both of them. <laughs> <laughs> That's not fair. So as soon as they get to the room, Magnus starts flexing his magical skills and with a snap of his fingers starts two fireplaces in the room. And of course, it startles Tessa because, you know, wow. And Magnus is like, (laughs) have you never seen a warlock do magic before? And I feel like he's being a little bit of a butthead here. Okay. You've met like how many people in your entire lifetime that haven't seen magic? Be nice. Okay. Right. Be nice. (laughs) So um, Will just like chimes in and he has to defend his girl because now all of a sudden she's his girl because they were holding hands or whatever in my head. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And um, he's like, bro, don't tease her. I'm sure Camille told you all about Tessa and, um, Magnus acknowledges that it's true, but he is just really surprised that her talents have gone unnoticed for so long. Um, he's um, He knew that when he had touched her hand, she knew exactly who Magnus is and what Camille knows of him. And um, he's heard of warlocks and demons being able to shapeshift, but none of them could do that. And he's just like, bro, that's cool. How did you not know? Which is just, it's true, but mm-hmm. th- she, anyway. Yeah. Like, she's touched other people's shit her whole life, I'm sure. Yeah. Yeah, it's interesting. Like, she has to have changed into them, I guess. To, anyway, it's crazy. So Tessa points out that they have not determined yet that she is a warlock. Because he's, like, insisting she's a warlock. She doesn't have any marks. We don't know anything. I don't think I'm a warlock. My parents are human. All that shit, she says. And Magnus disagrees. And he says she is definitely, in fact, a warlock. You can bet your bottom dollar. <laughs> 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 and Magnus um, keeps kind of teasing her and Will steps in again and is like, bro, just leave her alone. Just leave Brittany alone. <laughs> and <laughs> uh, we are coming hard with the references this episode. Yeah. <laughs> We're probably the only ones that will get half of them, but it's cool. True. So Fine. Will is searching this room just to find any evidence. And he comes stumbles along a Bible And Tessa asks about how De Quincey could even own one. So Magnus explains that it depends on the age of the vampire and what kind of faith that they have because De Quincey collects old Bibles. And I just find that to be kind of like a a work around the rules. (laughs) This is silly to me. Oh, some of them can if they're really old, basically. Like, what? Doesn't make any sense. But... Tessa hears voices near the door and probably and totally starts to panic just like I would like there's voices are they going to come in like what's going on and she mentions that everyone at the party was staring at Will like as they were walking through and Magnus tells her that Will isn't acting like a typical subjugate since he's not like staring at Camille the entire time with admiration and he adds that they were (laughs) sorry I'm I'm so sorry but like you would think that a shadow hunter would like, that would be a detail he didn't miss. Yes. Especially when he's, like, <laughs> hounding it on her before they right. got there. He's like, this is super dangerous. Social gaffes. Blah, blah, blah. Oh, and yeah. I forgot problem, that I'm bro. supposed to be, like, in love with you. <laughs> <laughs> My bad. My bad. Right. <laughs> so he also adds, Magnus does, that they were probably staring at um, the group Wondering about Camille and Magnus going into a room alone during a party. With somebody to watch. Right. (laughs) 
witnesses. Oh, not just watch. <laughs> right. It's a Camille sandwich. So. <laughs> and the name of the episode is Camille oh, sandwich. Love it. Love it. <laughs> oh, shoot. So Tessa moves on quickly asking Magnus about, um, the things that she had seen um, when she met De Quincey, something about Camille regretting a relationship with a werewolf as if she had committed a crime. And Magnus explains that De Quincey um, would think it's a crime because vampires and um, person slash wolves hate each other. And although most vampires don't care for the fae nor the warlocks either, Magnus believes that De Quincey thinks that they are friends and maybe more than friends. I feel like that was a hint towards something, but Wait. that's just where it was left. <laughs> is, he, is, is he screwing to Quincy, too? Yeah. Or is Sounds he, like, like an maybe, ex-boyfriend? Maybe like, that was another Camille sandwich. Right. Oh, probably. Yeah. That would make sense. <laughs> but, like, seriously, Magnus? <laughs> he is just being super... Um, Frisky. I think he likes making Tessa feel uncomfortable. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Mm-hmm. For sure. Yep. <laughs> but he's like, you're a good girl. Right. Let me just um, poke at you. Right. Let me break you a little bit. <laughs> so Tessa asks Magnus why he would come to these parties if he doesn't actually like to Quincy. Wait, I think I skipped something. I did. <laughs> My bad. So anyway, De Quincy thinks they're friends and maybe more, but Magnus actually hates his guts. And De Quincey doesn't even know it. So then Tessa asks why Magnus would come to the parties if he doesn't like him. And he says it's because of Camille. She has to be there. Otherwise, it would be considered disrespectful. And um, it would be stupid of him to let her go alone. And uh, so Will finds something in a drawer, in a desk, like a false drawer. Um, And he brings it to the table that (laughs) Magnus was sitting on. Like, he just plopped up on there when they walked in the room, too. He just owns the damn place. (laughs) So they lay out these blueprints on the table and it's for these damn automatons, you guys. (laughs) And there's fucking everywhere. Yeah. (laughs) There's notes written like on the side of I'm assuming it's sort of just a drawing. And then anyway, on the sides, the margins, if you will. And um, it's written in a language that Tessa doesn't recognize. But Magnus asks them if they have read a book called. The Book of Knowledge of Ingenious Mechanical Devices. And Will just jokes <laughs> about the kinds of books that Tessa would read and how she probably hasn't read anything like that either because she's mostly into, like, you know, murder and love and stuff. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and Magnus explains that it was written two centuries before Da Vinci and it describes how machines could be built to have human like actions. And um, basically, that's all that he says about it, which I think is kind of weird placement for this because he doesn't really elaborate. And then he goes on to talk about how he's actually really concerned about um, the, what it says in the margins, basically. But that's all. I'm like, tell me more, Robin. <laughs> I will. Watch me. Oh, my God. It's an so, actual oh, book. Oh, is it? Yeah, okay. I Googled it. <laughs> that's cool. So Will leans in and he's like, yes, that's what I was going to say. Tell me more. What is this? Some kind of spell or something? Magnus is like, yes, queen. It's a binding spell. Specifically, it binds demon energies into inanimate objects. So it gets a sort of life. Vampires used to create demonic music boxes and rocking horses. You know, 
Stuff that only used to work at night. That sort of tomfoolery. <laughs> at least before the accords. <clears throat> and I want to know. This sounds an awful lot like the demonic vampy motorcycles from back yeah. mm-hmm. forward, I guess, in the Mortal Instruments. And Magnus makes it sound like they aren't allowed to do that kind of magic anymore. So, like, do you think the vampire bikes are somehow different than this? Or, like, I don't know. I think it sounds super similar and that might like, make sense to our questions about how they run. Even, like, the fact that they only run at night. Mm-hmm. But he's making it sound like, oh, before the Accords they used to do this. But I know there weren't no damn motorcycles back then. Right. So what happened? I think I maybe the if- Accords had loosened over the years. But, like... Mm. They still hid them and stuff. So maybe it wasn't, like, super kosher, but, like, don't commit a crime on one and, like, we won't cause a fuss about it, maybe. Right. Or maybe you have to, like, get a... Uh, like a permit. A, what am I trying A permit. At the DMV. <laughs> yep. Uh-huh. In Idris. You have to go all the way in- to Idris. <laughs> the depart- Department of Monster Vehicles. Right. <laughs> anyway, sorry. That was lame. <laughs> Okay, sidebar, over. <laughs> Magnus leads us right into the like macabre portion of the conversation, saying that binding demon energies is all well and good, easy to do, but the main part of making a convincing automaton is the fact that they look like metal. Um, nothing looks quite like human flesh as much as human flesh does. That's fair. And Tessa's like, yeah, about that. Do pray tell what you hypothesize would happen if someone did, in fact, have human flesh to use <laughs> and magus is like yeah well preserving it would be difficult then they would like obviously need to use magic to be able to do that and then more magic to bind the demon energy there aren't any clary fairchild here to use a binding room you know <laughs> and will implores him he's like yes go on so magus explains that up until now robots have been able to accomplish all sorts of things but they were all um They were only, like, what they were programmed to do or told to do. However, if there were some demon energy activated automatons, they could have a measure of thought and will, and they would, of course, be enslaved, and that would have to be, they would have to be obedient to whoever did the binding. And Will is like, ooh, quotes my goats. I don't like that. Let me just, um, (laughs) hear what I, uh, let me just say what I heard when I was eavesdropping on an enclave meeting. (laughs) And he's like, hmm, would you call it a clockwork army born neither of heaven nor hell? <laughs> and Magnus is like, whoa, whoa, calm down the drama, Shakespeare. I wouldn't go that far. Demon energy is not easy to come by. Uh, there has to be some like actual demon raising for that to happen. And that shit is hard. <laughs> and so getting enough of the energy to make an entire army would be almost impossible and super risky, even for an evil bastard such as De Quincey. And Will seems to accept Magnus's opinion on the subject, and he just rolls up the paper and slips it into his jacket, and he's like, thank you for your assistance, Mr. Bane. And he tells Magnus that he bets he wouldn't mind seeing another vampire in charge, um, and goes straight for the clothes and asks him if he's actually witnessed to Quincy breaking the law, breaking the law. <laughs> and um, Magnus tells him about this one time. Uh, he was invited to one of the ceremonies, uh, quote, italic-sized ceremonies. (laughs) And um, he's like, you know what? Like, fuck it. Let me just show you. So he walks over to a bookshelf that, of course, like Tessa's oogling over Mm -hmm. earlier. And Tessa and Will are trailing behind. 
And Magus snapped his fingers and like these sexy blue sparks popped up and a Bible slides over and they were able to cheese me their lives and look in through a hole in the back. I want one. Where they saw. Go ahead. Sorry. I said, I want one. Oh, yeah. I want one. <laughs> um, they saw what looked like an elegant music room. There were chairs set up in rows that made it look like a theater. There was like mood lighting with a bunch of candelabras and red satin floor length curtains. What do you expect? The floor in the middle was raised. Dude, I need it. Not really. Not. I don't need a murder theater. Anyway, the floor <laughs> in the middle was raised a little, making a mock stage. The only thing on it was a high wooden back chair. And the stair chair had steel manacles attached to its arms and was splotched with dark red stains. And the legs were nailed to the floor. Mm-mm. And can we just, like, no? Okay, yeah. hold on a second. Hold on a second. I have questions. So, like... He's got to be able to, like, cover this up once this party is over, right? So in case anyone were to be coming by, or if he were to get raided by the clave or something, right? So does he fucking nail so. the chair down every week when when they just sacrifice a human? Like, his subjugate does the work for him. Right. Yeah. <laughs> That's a lot of holes to put in your floor. Yeah, it is. That's fair. A lot of wood filler. So Magnus tells them that this is where they put on their little performances. Um, They bring a human out, lock them into the chair, and then take turns slowly draining the victim while the crowd looks on and applauds. And Will's like, fuck, man. That's just like camping. Intense. (laughs) (laughs) Fucking nerd. (laughs) Do they really enjoy that? The mundane's pain? Their fear? Mundane. (laughs) she won't let it go (laughs) right so magnus assures him that not all vampires are like this and this particular batch is the absolute bottom of the barrel and will advocates for the mundane (laughs) asking like what about the victims and magnus tells him that they're mostly criminals drunks addicts whores the lost and forgotten like they're not going to be missed that's just really freaking sad yeah because the only thing i could think of (laughs) she's like i'm out (laughs) what what was that what happened (laughs) oh my god okay so basically they're like the lost boys that's all i could think of was like peter pan when he was saying that and it just made me really yeah. sad and then i read this thing that's like the lost boys are dressed in the era of which they got lost that's why they're all wearing different clothes and stuff and it just made me really freaking sad it's gonna mm-hmm. make me cry anyway so he asks will what's the plan stan and will's like my name's not stan it's will <laughs> just kidding <laughs> So he explains that they're going to wait until the lawlessness begins. And once the vamps make their moves to hurt the mundane, then he's going to do the signal. (laughs) And hope it works. from the Croods. It's from the Croods. Mm -hmm. Right? Why is the signal an animal noise? (laughs) (laughs) That's right. That's right. Yep. (laughs) So Magnus is. Yep. Magnus asks, like, more information, but Will tells him not to worry himself with it. 
Magnus's job is just to get Tessa to safety, which uh, means to Thomas, who's waiting outside with the carriage, and they are going to bundle themselves up and he's going to take them back to the Institute. And Magnus tries to protest, saying that it seems like a waste of his talents. But Will tells him that this is Shadowhunter business and it's their job to make and uphold the law. Magnus has been like soups helpful, but like we've got it from here. This is like when the FBI comes in and tells the local police department, like, sorry, I'm taking taking over. (laughs) I watch too many police procedurals. This is my jurisdiction now. (laughs) Too much law and order. Yep. That's great. So Magnus peeks his head over Will's shoulder and tells Tessa that um, she just witnessed the proud isolation of the Nephilim. They only have use for you when they want to. Otherwise, they couldn't bring themselves to share a victory with the Downwolder. Damn. Yep. Dropping truth bombs over here. (laughs) And Tessa's like, hold on. Wait a minute. Time out. You're sending me away once the fighting starts? Will's like, well, yeah, girl, what do you think Camille can't be seen to be, like, cooperating with Shadowhunters? And Tessa's like, really? De Quincey isn't stupid. He's going to see that Camille brought you here. He's going to know that she lied about how they, like, we said, like, I said that I met you. Mm -hmm. Um, Do you really think that Clan is going to think that she wasn't a traitor? And the Camille voice in her head starts, like, lightly laughing and purring. Um, Basically, she's not afraid. (laughs) And Magnus tells her that Camille isn't expecting that any of the vampires that are there tonight will survive the evening. And Will's like, Arr, matey, dead men tell no tales. <laughs> he then points out Too that the vampires for you. are... I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> well, um, Kristen and I have the same reference. We're just going to say it differently. <laughs> so that's spectacular. Um, the vampires are filing into the room and Magnus is like Beetlejuice. <laughs> it's showtime. <laughs> I did to make it all jump. Oh, hey, where'd you go? Anyway, Tessa and Magnus walk in. <laughs> was so good. So good. Yeah. <laughs> You're basically time. Michael Clayton. <laughs> yeah. It's my fave. <laughs> he just sounds breathy and I'm always out of breath. So anyway. Same. Tessa and Magnus walk into the crowd to take their seats. And Tessa points out how everyone is still looking at Will. Like, they're still looking at Will. They are. And Magnus is like, of course they are. Look at him. Quote, the face of a bad angel and eyes like the night sky in hell. He's very pretty and vampires like that. Can't say I mind either. Black hair and blue eyes are my favorite combination. Shout out to Alec Lightwood. Oh my God. My heart just grew like six sizes. <laughs> yep. The fucking Grinch then over Tessa, here. <laughs> dude. <laughs> Tessa's like, oh my God. And she like reaches up like and starts petting Camille's blonde hair. <laughs> And they just like, hmm, not everybody's perfect. Oh, damn. <sighs> damn. And Tessa was saved from answering because Justin and Will had found them seats. And he's like flagging them down. And she's still um, he's got the unnerved popcorn. about Hall. <laughs> yep. I'm over here. He's just <laughs> excited to be there. <laughs> Red vines and popcorn. <laughs> So she's still unnerved about how all the vamps are like looking at Will because um like isn't he just brunch to them? Why are you why are you staring at him? Like he's a piece of meat because you want to eat him? Stop. Uh, so Tessa takes her seat with Will and Magnus <laughs> on either side of her. 
And she thinks about how cold the room is, which is like super off-putting. Because normally a crowded room like this would have body heat radiating from the humans. But since everybody is the living dead, that's not really happening. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And just as she's wondering about whether the human subjugates are always cold, points in my book for empathy. That's very sweet Mm -hmm. of her. The crowd starts whispering, and Tessa looks at, to the stage um, to figure out what's happening, but even her vampire plus 10 eyesight can't discern what's happening. <laughs> then, suddenly, De Quincey appeared out of fucking nowhere, and he starts barring his needle-like fangs, and Tessa's like, whoa, this dude looks like a beast now, and not the kind that's going to change into a prince after he locks away a peasant girl, she gets Stockholm Syndrome, and they fall in love with her. <laughs> watched that the other night. And De Quincey addresses his audience, straight up sprinkling salt over at Tessa, who's actually Camille, point blank staring at her when he refers to the fact that they aren't all friends there. Um, And this then goes into a speech about how the night children are a proud species who aren't going to bend their necks beneath the oppressive yoke of the law. Quote, by the way, Um, who the hell do these Nephilim people think that they are? We aren't going to give up our ancient customs just because they say so. Meanwhile, Will's sitting in a seat trying not to, like, rage. Of course he is, because he's a shadow hunter, and he can't even take five seconds of pretending like he doesn't care about his ego. Disrespecting my neighborhood. Anyway. Um, De Quincey says that they have a prisoner whose crime is betraying the night children, the punishment to which is death. And the audience is like, she's a witch! Ban her! (laughs) Okay, not really, but they are yelling, death, death, death. The violent mob vibe is like lit. <laughs> so, um, there, it, like, like, have you ever been to like a UFC fight or, or like a mixed martial arts, like cage uh-huh. fight or whatever? Like, it's like that when people are like screaming and, you know, you get wrapped up in the crowd and, or yeah. like a basketball game for me. <laughs> yeah. Garth Brooks concert for me. Right. You just, oh, you just can't handle it. <laughs> You're like, when the thunder rolls. <laughs> That's right. Just let it roll. What is that song called anyways? Thunder Rolls. Oh, okay. Okay. I wasn't okay. sure. I just know, like, I know the song. I just don't know what it's called. It's <laughs> fair. So, two vampy guards appear from behind the curtain, holding a hooded, struggling human between them. His clothes were torn and dirty, and his bare feet were leaving a trail of blood on the floor. Like, on the floorboards. Oh. And Tessa kind of lets out a faint gasp, and Will tensed up, like, completely beside her. And the prisoner is weakly thrashing, trying to escape, as his arms and legs are strapped into the chair. And Quincy's grinning at the crowd with his fangs out, acting like an ancient Roman emperor waiting, like, on the crowd to vote whether he should kill the gladiator. (laughs) And Tessa whispers to Will, um, like, when are you going to summon the clay? (laughs) And he's like, we have to wait until he draws blood. They have to watch it happen. Like, shut up. Be quiet. They are sitting in rows, like a theater. Yeah. Around a bunch of vampires who have superhero hearing. Yeah. Tessa's with... They can hear Tessa. Uh, I can hear you. Hopefully they're just so distracted. Yeah. So Tessa turned her eyes back onto the stage to see De Quincey make his way over to the prisoner. And the human starts jerking and tensing up as De Quincey lightly touches his shoulder and glides his hands up to his neck, searching for his poles. And Tessa noticed that De Quincey was wearing a silver ring that had a needle point on one side. And he made a fist and then the, pris- the prisoner cried out. And Tessa thought, like, she's like, hmm, 
Sounds familiar. And the prisoner starts bleeding, a thin line of red blood trailing down his throat, and it starts filling up his collarbone, which is just bleh. Mm-hmm. So Mm-mm. De Quincey's face was like, yes, this is like an all-you-can-eat buffet at the Sizzler. <laughs> And so then he reached down to touch his finger to it like he was checking the gravy and then, like, touches it to his lips. Ew. And the crowd's like, yes, let's do this. And there's this even this, like, vampy woman who's drooling. So, like, this really is like a buffet at the Sizzler. So Tessa mutters to Will, please. And he, like, he's like, okay. So he instructs Magnus to get Tessa out of there. And she tries to protest, but he answers her really firmly. Like, we've already talked about this. Um, if you don't leave, um, then I'm not going to summon the Enclave, and that man is will die. So Magnus reached out to her, telling her, like, come along. Like, we got to go. And reluctantly, she gets up and starts walking towards the door. Um, but she's, like, looking around to see if anyone's watching them leave. But nobody really cares. Like, they're all... Um, they're all too hyped up by the like the bloodlust mm-hmm. to notice that they're leaving. Um, so she looks back and she sees Will sitting down waiting with a phosphor in his hand. <laughs> and Magnus is like, come on. And so um, Vitessa hesitated and looked back at the stage one last time. De Quincey was standing behind the prisoner now, uh, his face covered in blood. And he reached down to take off his hood. And Magnus is like, come on, lady, we gots to go. And he like pulls Tessa's arm. And she like turns, but then she like comes to like a skidding halt. And she, the, she's, the, she notices that the prisoner's face is, like, swollen and bruised. One eye is black and swollen shut. And his, the blonde hair is, like, smeared and patted down with blood. But none of it mattered. She knew immediately um, that it was Nathaniel. And that's why the cries sounded so familiar. Oh, shit. Of course, this would have to be what happens and how they're going to try to get him out of there. Of course. Right. I feel like dun, this is going to be dun. a shit show. Uh-huh. Yep. Hundred <laughs> percent. If I were her, I would 100%. probably just scream his name and it's going to create so much chaos. Right. Yep. She's not going to be able to just go like the stupid thing is her leaving is the best thing. His best chance of survival. Uh-huh. And but being able to stop yourself from doing it. Yeah. She, yeah. She's she's yep. about to she's about to blow shit up. Yep. For sure. Blow the cover. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So make sure that you've read chapter 11, Few Are Angels, for next week's episode. For behind the scenes content and the latest updates, check us out on Instagram at Downworld or Dish Podcast. We'll see you next time. Bye. Bye.